0: This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan in studio. We'll also hear from Whitney Pittman, Don Wick, and Tyler Donaldson. Well, with just a fraction of a day left in February on the uh, grain trade, the December corn contract is averaging about four dollars sixty-five and three-quarter cents per bushel for the month. That would place the corn revenue protection insurance b- below four dollars per bushel with the trendline yield. The average February price for soybeans, with one day left, is eleven dollars and fifty-five cents a bushel. Assuming trendline yields, that places the revenue protection insurance below ten dollars per bushel. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman on the road today near Hitterdahl, Minnesota.
2: Premium Egg Solutions, uh, Egg Day here today and we are talking with Bo Jacobson. Uh, lots of things to learn and for people to, to take part in. What are people hearing here today?
3: Well, you know, we're gonna talk a little bit about the precision planting, which is kind of one of the hearts of our business. You know, we were pretty active in the precision planting world, uh, the seed world and the crop insurance world. Uh, we got some outside guests that are speaking today to, with a little bit of outside information and try and uh, get people's minds spinning a little bit, and uh, you know, talk a little bit about markets, talk a little bit about research, talk a little bit about food safety. So try and see what what people are interested in hearing. So try and change things up a little bit from historically.
2: This year, of course, uh, the last couple of days have been a little bit snowy and cold, but uh, looking like uh, field work might come sooner than we are used to the last few years here in twenty twenty four.
3: Yeah, it really feels like we're going to get a early jump on things. You know, we've had some rain events over the winter, which is kind of odd, and. Uh, it uh, looks like uh, you know not a lot of water standing not a lot of snow so i'm optimistic we'll be ahead of schedule this year as a change to what it has been
2: talking about uh, some of the services that you guys offer and some of the things that you want your clients to to be thinking about here this year as they gear up uh, what's top of the mind
3: you know everything starts with the planter you know we want to make sure that everybody's going through doing their health checks uh, doing the the seasonal maintenance so we get a good jump on things. Uh, Right now we're in the middle of our crop insurance renewals, so going through the risk management tools that people have, uh, you know, not a lot of changes in the industry other than the sugar beet world, but uh, just making sure we got coverages and crop rotations and uh, unit structures set up the way they want. Uh, Some people will have some interest in the ECO and SCO to get a little added coverage, but. as we get this far north the price is a little bit challenging, you know, we're, we're there's not a lot of margin if any, you know, going into this year at the market, so everybody's kind of on a budget and wants to make sure we're spending our money wisely.
2: All right, anything else we should add or touch on here before we let you go?
3: Well, there's a whole list of things we could talk about. But, uh, no, I think we've got pretty much everything covered for today. Uh, we got the morning session that's gone on. If you got time to swing out uh, for the afternoon session, that'd be great. And uh, I would imagine there'll be a few that'll stick around for the uh, after afternoon session as well. So feel free to stop by if you're in the area, and we'd uh, we'd love to say
1: hi.
2: All right, sounds good. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bo Jacobson, again, joining us here on the Red River Farm Network. From Hitterdahl, I'm Whitney Pittman.
1: Weed resistance remains a constant threat to the bottom line. For more, we go to Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson at Commodity Classic. Here at the 2024 Commodity Classic, speaking with FMC agronomist Camille Lambert. What are some of the, the discussions that you're having here on the floor going into the 2024 growing season?
4: So one of the biggest topics right now is our herbicide strategy for 2024. There is kind of a paradigm shift that has started to occur over the last couple of growing seasons and we're still trying to kind of get growers to shift their mindset. but instead of being more reactive with our herbicide strategy meaning waiting till the weeds are up and spraying in season with the traits that are available using more of a proactive approach and what we like to call that is overlapping residuals so with your residual herbicide think of it as a blanket you're laying that down on the soil surface and it's going to last about 21 to 28 days and once it starts to to break down you're getting photo degradation and microbial degradation you're getting holes in this blanket and the holes let the sunlight penetrate that soil and basically let the weeds start to germinate and that's where problems start to occur so by overlapping residuals so you spray your pre-emerge herbicide 21 to 28 days later you go back in and you spray another herbicide with a residual and you put a fresh blanket down the goal is to get to shade or canopy closure Without any weeds coming up, because shade is our ultimate method for weed control.
1: Live coverage of the Commodity Classic here in Houston, Texas is brought to you by Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, Minnesota Soybean Growers Association, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and True Terra. Live from Houston, Texas for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Representatives of the American Soybean Association and the American Farm Bureau Federation met at Commodity Classic.
5: We're talking about things that can happen or could happen in in the next uh, with this next election coming up and what's happening now about no trade and stuff like that and we need you know need more action on that we can't rely on China all the time you know it's it's uh, it's scary let's put it that way
1: Strathcona Minnesota farmer Jim Kakowski said the ASA and Farm Bureau are unified on most issues with the current focus on climate smart agriculture Kakowski says there is one hope.
5: What we're what we really want to see happen is the people that are already doing it, like me. I've been doing it for years. I mean, it's it's. I've been I cut my fuel consumption in half since I first started farming. Now it's a lot less because I'm in the downswing. But yeah, it's. Uh, so we want the people that are already doing it can get compensated. The way it started out, it didn't look like that was going to happen. And I, I I'm hoping that would work that way. I mean, everybody in the room is. Uh, I think just about every farmer out there, not all of them, but just about every one of them has already one past the land on better than when they started.
1: USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending February 22nd showed combined old and new crop corn sales at 1.24 million metric tons. That's 25% more than the previous week percent more than the four-week average. Soybean sales are reported at 160,000 metric tons of old crop, no new crop sales. That's uh, well above the previous week, but it is 32 percent less than the four-week average. Net old and new crop wheat sales of 322,000 tons. It includes a uh, new net crop cancellations of 5,000 tons. The net wheat sales are 15% more than the previous week, but 8% less than the four-week average. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. National Wheat Yield Contest continues to evolve. Quality characteristics were part of this year's competition. The National Wheat Foundation is launching a new pilot category for spring wheat farmers in Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Montana. Project Manager Ann Osborne says this will be a digital entry uh, for 20 acres.
6: Growers that are using all this technology in their combines, we want to take advantage of that and have them report their yields using their technology. And it's going to be 20 acres instead of the, the acre and a half but we're um, doing that pilot category. So we think that we're gonna bring some new people interested in the contest, and we're gonna be growing the contest by doing this new category, and we're gonna learn a lot. We know that it is, it is something that uh, you know, hasn't been done before, so we're looking forward to just learning how can we use technology and have people report their yields uh, through that.
1: A new website was launched at Commodity Classic.
6: Contestants need to register on that website and they will find it so easy to navigate. They're finding that it's just page by page asking the questions of what they're going to do, what kind of class of wheat, are they growing hard red spring, are they growing hard white. So we put the class of wheat in there, we put the entry in there, and then it'll show them what to do, how many days they have left until the harvest deadline is. So we hope that they're going to really like our new website, wheatcontest.org.
1: Crop Life America is commending the Environmental Protection Agency for holding a meeting of an interagency working group. CropLife America Vice President of Science Policy, Dr. Manaju Basu, hopes this is the first of many meetings.
7: All the ag stakeholders requested putting an interagency working group together. This is the entire federal family which is working on ESA issues, includes the USDA, Department of Agriculture, which is the United States Department of Agriculture. It includes uh, Fish and Wildlife Services, National Marine Fisheries Services, uh, US EPA to talk about ESA and how the ESA puzzle could be solved um, and how pesticides and uh, agriculture uh, needs uh, some
1: of the risk assessment challenges that we have seen specifically on ESA. Stakeholders had the opportunity to share input and make suggestions on how to protect endangered species when registering pesticides. I think everyone in the room came in with the mindset
7: that, uh, you know, we need to take steps to ensure the direction the agency is moving forward is uh, something that growers and the ag community can work with, as well as is beneficial to the species. There were NGOs in the room from you know whether it's center for biological diversity or american bird conservation free they were all making very positive comments including growers sharing concerns and where some of the strategies mitigations work don't work the need for transparency the need for collaboration
1: western ag reporter field editor will ballum said that bull sale averages are up this year and there's a lot of interest in keeping more heifers to sell as replacements.
5: Maybe a little bit more interest in the heifer bull side of things. Um, you know, as guys are buying heifers and uh, and getting those cow herd numbers back up, um, they're going to need heifer bulls to cover the heifers that they buy. We've seen female prices really high this year, too. So that's been a really, really strong market for um, open heifers and bred heifers just kind of getting a uh, a price that I haven't really seen. And so they're really getting rewarded. And you see people offering more heifers for sale this year to take advantage of that strong market as well.
1: So you got a two-sided grain trade today. Paradigm Futures Market Analyst Kent Beadle said the corn market started higher and has pulled back. Those little bit higher corn prices are pressuring the cattle markets.
5: Really pressed down on feeder cattle and the lower feeder cattle have uh, um, kind of, you know, pulled the pulled the live cattle down a little bit. There are expectations for higher cash trade. We haven't seen much yet uh, develop in the Southern Plains, but um, uh, with the lower board, it, it may be more likely that we're just going to be steady this week. Uh, while over in the hogs, uh, we continue to see a market that's been pretty firm, and uh, you know we're seasonally increasing cash prices in hogs. And the uh, large speculator who had turned short the hog market is starting to buy it. He's not only bought that short back, but starting to add to length again. And uh, again, it's uh, being supported by the seasonal tendency at this time of the year for higher markets.
1: This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Carbon programs are getting a lot of attention at this year's Commodity Classic. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick has more from Houston.
3: Kelly Garrett raises crops and cattle in West Central Iowa. Garrett is a believer in regenerative agriculture and partners with the Trutera Carbon Program. They're a very credible source being backed by Land O'Lakes
0: and so they have many buyers for their programs and uh, their, their program and the, the economics of the program for growers, the simplicity of the program for growers is really second to none in my opinion. Tell me how the program works for you. Being no-till and using cover crops in the hills of western Iowa we are lucky that we are tailor-made for the program and you know then we will enter into uh, uh, we'll enter in and sell our acres so our carbon, through True Terra. We work with our retailer and, you know, there's there's uh, quite a bit of paperwork that goes into it that the retailer helps you with. And uh, we, we will we'll see how the methodology or the algorithm works out. You know, they will model your acres based on your yields, based on your yields and your weather, your geography, your crop rotation. And uh, they will then tell you how much carbon you've sequestered and they will, and you'll sell it.
3: ROI. How is this working for you? What kind of return do you see? What's uh, what's your vision that way?
0: Especially with $4 corn, the ROI on this is very good. You know, I would tell you the ROI on this is about 100 percent because we're farming this way anyway. And, you know, we're lucky that we believe in this. I very much, I can't state that enough, that I very much believe this is the correct way to farm farm in collaboration with Mother Nature, not competition with Mother Nature. And so uh, when you want to talk about an ROI, the fact that I can sell this carbon into um, the Trutera marketplace, even when I want to farm this way, the ROI is 100%. Right now we've got $4 corn, and my next sale will be for the years of 21, 22, and 23, and it'll be an excess of a it'll amount to we hope around two hundred dollars an
3: acre it's a lot of money garrett is part of the truterra involvement here at commodity classic the full interview can be found at rrfn.com from houston and commodity classic i'm john wick on the red river farm network
1: thanks for joining us this is the red river farm network